Okay guys, so it's Sam here again and welcome back to the Derailed Podcast. This episode is part two of the My Story. Now in the first episode of the, or sorry, the first part of the My Story, um, I just want to apologize for sounding the way I did. I sounded pretty negative and pretty down. Um, firstly, I was really, really unwell and it was nearly one in the morning that I recorded that. Secondly, the topic in itself just isn't easy to talk about um, and I kind of just put myself in a really negative mindset before doing it. Um, regardless, um, this episode is not going to be the, the 2019 episode yet. Um, I'm going to make that part three of the, my journey because the fitness journey that I said I was going to talk about actually situates itself within, I guess, the uni period um, of my journey in general, um, particularly within part one. So what I want to talk about here is is my, my fitness journey in terms of my weight loss um, and then how I became so passionate about about bodybuilding and my training in general and then to why now I'm pursuing as such um, becoming a personal trainer in the near future anyway to obviously help people um, achieve their goals physically and somewhat mentally as well. So as I mentioned in part one of the um, My Story podcast was I hit a really, really low point after I was cheated on and at uni when I had that stereotype activity kind of backfire on me and it was looked at um, as a sense of I was unhygienic, I was obese, well, I was obese, but all of those kinds of things. And that was kind of where I guess my fitness journey as such really, really started. Um, I I hit that, I had that night where I wanted to um, commit suicide and those things and had those thoughts and the song End This Way. Um, obviously, as I've mentioned as well, that that's the, the big turning point for me. So I woke up the next day and I went and spoke to my dad. Um, my dad used to be a, f- a huge fitness freak as well. And I had a chat with him just about, you know, I wanted to lose weight. Um, it was the right thing for me to do. I was unhappy. You know, I felt like physically in pain a lot in like my knees, ankles and things on top of the 101 injuries I'd already had with them. So this was the time for me that I, I, I knew I had to make the change. Um, the first thing he said was, let's get your gym membership. And I said, no, I didn't have a, well, I had a job, but I wasn't getting enough hours to obviously support myself um, to enjoy life and as well as go and do the gym. So I didn't do that. Um, but he did invest in a cross trainer for me, um, which eventually turned out into a, a decline bench, which is a obviously a bench. If you guys go to the gym, you know what that is, but I use it purely for sit-ups, and then we also got me a rowing machine as well. Anyway, so to go back to, so I guess how it all started. So originally, I I got given a Fitbit. Um, For me, I used that to track what I was burning in terms of um, calorically each day and what my total daily expenditure for um, calories was, and that's kind of how I started. Um, I didn't really do much in terms of clean eating or anything like that. The main change that I made initially was just going from soft drink to water. Um, and you'll probably find a lot of people that do these big, um, I guess, transformations, particularly on the on their own, would probably start off by doing this. So that's kind of how I started that. So yeah, I woke up and, well, not just woke up, but I just said to dad, you know, this is what I wanted to do. So um, again, at the time, keep in mind, I was at uni as well. So um, that's, that's how I started with that. So the initial change was, yeah, like drinking water. Um, and then I learned to how to count calories once I kind of got the use of how many calories I was burning per day, obviously with travel to uni and, um, soccer training. Cause I was playing soccer at that time as well. 
So that um so yeah that's that's how I went. Sorry I keep saying um by the way. I'm just fucking trying to process all this shit. Anyway, um <laughs> so that's that's how I started. So the the first step for me was like I said, um remove the the, the dirty habit of um soft drink because I was probably drinking I don't know anywhere between three and four liters of that a day, which if you're aware of what that is, that's a shit ton of sugar, shit ton of carbs and just all in general, probably not a whole lot of health. Um, so I started by, yeah, taking my, um, a water bottle with me. Um, on top of that, within like the, the time period where I was at uni, particularly in the first year, when I put on all this excessive amount of weight, um, which I'll touch base on in just a sec, I was, you know, I was eating probably close to five, 6,000 calories a day. I wasn't playing soccer because of the glandular fever that I had. Um, but I was also focusing more on coaching and, and helping the younger kids or like, they're not, they weren't young. They're only a couple of years younger than me, but, um, I was, I was kind of helping those guys realize their potential as well on the soccer pitch. Cause I had some really, really special kids that were playing for me. Um, so yeah, I, I was eating, um, and I said this in the his vs hers podcast as well. So my first, like, so breakfast, for example, um, I'd go to uni and or go to the city where I was studying and the first thing I'd do would go down Hindley Street, straight off the train station, straight into Macca's or Hungry Jack's, um, smash a McMuffin, some some hashies, you know, all the good stuff. Um, then I'd, I'd head down to uni and I'd get myself a chicken wrap, which also ended up <laughs> being with a chocolate bar and all of these other things as well. Then the first break between classes would come and I was going to KFC, which was pretty much every day was KFC just because it was my favorite go-to thing. And essentially, I could literally tell you my order, which I'm about to do. It was a, a large twister combo. So large chips, large soft drink and the twister. And I also got a large popcorn chicken meal with it as well. So large popcorn chicken, another large chips and another large soft drink. I had that for lunch every single day, nonstop for probably a month and a half. Obviously, when I was at uni anyway, which was Monday to Friday. So a shit ton of calories. Then I was coming home and snacking on like Doritos and all of those other good fucking goodness things. And then dad would come home from work and it, we would, he would either cook dinner, which would usually be like meat and veg, which isn't obviously that bad. Um, and if he didn't want to cook, then it would either be like hot chips, it'd be fish and chips, it'd be A, B packs, it'd be fucking party size pizzas between the two of us and I was smashing three quarters of it so sitting there and eating like three or four thousand calories in a sitting and all of this kind of thing anyway so when that's how I put on so much weight I went from 97 kilos at the start of uni um or maybe 95 like kind of in that area to 117 in the space of six months um and then this is where that suicide attempt story happened and I was cheated on and everything like that at the pinnacle when I was at about 117 kilos Anyway, so I've just flown through that. That's how I put on all the weight so excessively because I always spent a very, very large amount of my life overweight. Um, any kind of time that I dropped weight was during soccer season because obviously I would start training soccer two or three times a week and then playing once a week, um, depending obviously where I played or um, what's the word, the age group that I played in because when I got into seniors, I was playing two or three times a weekend. Um, anyway, so... So yeah, so when I started my weight loss, like I said, dad um, got a cross trainer and, and then we ended up getting a decline sit-up bench and a cross uh, and a roller, not a cross trainer. Um, but in terms of the, the eating, the, the biggest thing to begin with, like I said, was the water. Um, and then I used the Fitbit specifically to kind of track how many calories I was burning per day. 
And then I had a friend of mine who I'm still friends with um, that went to the gym and he was very, very much into it and kind of gave me the idea of um, learning how to count calories. So he basically told me that one kilojoule, um, sorry, not one kilojoule, one calorie is equal to 4.198 kilojoules. And literally this was stapled in my head for the longest of times. And that's how I started um, calorie counting all the meals that I, that I was eating uh, during the day. So to begin my weight loss, I was still not eating healthy at all other than the water. Um, I essentially went from eating four or 5,000 calories across three meals to eating maybe 1,500 calories across one. And that's all I was eating during the day. And then I, I lost literally in the first probably three or four weeks, I lost 17 kilos. So I went from 117 to about 102 um, hundred, hundred and two, obviously depending on water weight or whatever, which is just a complete different conversation. And then, yeah, so I, that's, that's what happened. Um, I physically still felt miserable, um, hated how I looked and everything like that still, but I was obviously losing weight, being in a caloric deficit, which is the only way to lose weight or lose fat or whatever you want to, however you want to put it. Um, it was just more so I was eating the wrong foods and I never actually felt any good about myself. So anyway, I started to, you know, I did get obviously a little bit of confidence when I lost that weight, um, as you, as you do anyway. And then I fell into a relationship where it's, it's honestly like, it is so hard to call this a relationship. And I say that cause it was like a week and a half long and nothing against this person. Like, um, it just didn't work out. I, I was basically told that I was cheating when I was going to uni or whatever. So I just said, we've been together for a week and a half, two weeks. If you're not going to trust me now, it's never going to happen. So piss off. Anyway, that's just a completely different like sidetrack event. So yeah, when, when we broke up though, she kind of said that I was never going to lose weight. Um, and in the week and a half that I was with her, I went from 102 or hundred to about 107, 108. So I put on like five kilos straight away. Um, I guess you could call that relationship weight, but a week and a half, if you're putting on that much for relationship weight, you're like, you're in a fucking fair bit of strife. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, when um, that kind of happened and that relationship ended, uh, I had another friend who was going through a big amount of weight loss at the time. And um, he's a friend of his from the soccer club that I'm no longer involved with as such, but he was a nutritionist and he was kind of... Um, directing him in terms of what to eat and these kinds of things so I kind of I didn't take the plan as such but I looked at it and was like okay yeah I can do this and then I kind of took what was on there and researched it for myself um it didn't really give me any insight into macronutrients or micronutrients but more so calories and more so things that you should be eating anyway like uh, brown rice if that's what you're into um and obviously you're two and five of your fruit and veggies and, and that kind of shit so this was, yeah, so about 107 kilos is when I started to properly eat correctly. Um, I didn't want to go through being told that I was never going to be good enough or never going to lose weight or whatever again. I just basically went, fuck you, yeah, I'm going to prove you wrong, and which I very much did. So so yeah, when this, so I was still playing soccer at this point, but I was recovering from a broken ankle at this time period. So I wasn't, you know, actually very, very active. Um so when, when I started eating clean and everything and went from um, the soccer season finished, I this is where I started using the cross trainer um, that my dad bought me. Obviously, that was a lot less stress on my ankle and knee as well. I started walking every morning 
Um, I can't, the, the distance is pretty similar to what I would do now if I was shredding. So I think it's about four Ks. Um, it's honestly, it started off with taking me about an hour to walk that. Like that's how sh- overweight or like unfit I was. Excuse me. Um, when now it takes me about 25 minutes. And that's like a, a, not even a slow job. Like I'm just, you know, doing my thing. Doing my thing. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, so this went on for, oh, God, um, continuously, like, on and off, you know, I, I would have what they call a diet break as well in this time period, so I was eating really, really clean for 14 days to 21 days, you know, not skipping any meals, not eating any sugar or anything, then I'd have a cheat day, so instead of, like, my first snack of the day being a banana, for instance, and then my lunch being, like, my turkey mince and veggies or, or whatever it was at the time, and then, like, my second snack for the day being, like, rice cakes or um, Belveda biscuits because, like, they were my obsession to get me through. Instead of having those for, like, my middle meals for the day, I was having, like, this is my cheat day, keep in mind, so I was having, like, a donut for snack number one, um, my lunch would be anything from like the things that I was eating regularly. So when I was overweight, so pizza, KFC, like anything like that, just to kind of get the enjoyment out of it, but also shock the body a little bit in the sense that like it reminds it that there's bad fat to attack. It's obviously not the fucking most scientific way to put it, but, um, from my research, obviously, you know, it gets to a time period where your body's going to plateau with what you're eating and, um, you know, particularly when you're doing weight loss, there's no harm in having a cheat day or a cheat meal every two weeks. Um, and obviously, from my personal experience, I wouldn't have gotten through that weight loss as consistently as I did and losing the near 50 kilos in that amount of weeks um, all up, if you don't include my injury time, if I didn't do it like this. So this, it worked for me anyway. It might not work for anyone, um, everyone, but this that's just how I did it. So like I said, I was having a cheat meal every, every two to three weeks. Um, and then, yeah, the dad, obviously we got the rower in because it was the, the off season. Um, and then the sit up. So I was doing ab crunches and God knows what every single day, um, rowing and cross training as like a superset kind of thing. So it became more of a hit exercise instead of the, the list. So your low intensity, steady state cardio. Um, so I went from rowing. Oh, what did I do? So it was more like a Tabata base. So I'd do 30 seconds on, um, the rower. 10 seconds off and then I'd like within that 10 second break I had to get off the rower get on the cross trainer 30 second sprint on the cross trainer 10 second swap over back to the rower 30 second sprint so on and so forth and I'd do probably six seven rounds of that and obviously if you want to add that time up then you can but bloody right now I'm not going to so that's what I was doing you know so that was like one of my main workouts for the day every night before bed I would do my um my ab kind of crunches like your heel taps your oblique crunches all of those bloody beautiful things. Now, that's that's so that's how I started my weight loss, and that's where it really, really took off. Is after that relationship breakup, obviously with the clean eating, which is pretty important, the caloric deficit, knowing how much I was burning, um, having these cheat meals where I felt necessary, or if I didn't feel one was necessary, I'd have a day where I'd eat more, so acts as such as a refeed. Um, which is a complete different conversation for maybe a topic when I talk about more of the bodybuilding side of things or my passion for bodybuilding. Um, so yeah, so this is this is how I lost weight. Um, after about 15, actually maybe not quite that much, maybe about 
11 or 12 months. So again, like fast forward a year, soccer season was just about to end. And this is when I had um, some injuries, which I'm just about to talk about as well. But I joined up at Anytime Fitness, um, where I still train now. I joined up with two friends. Now, these two guys are still my mates. And I dare say they would never, ever train with me in the gym now because of obviously like I train for bodybuilding and they've stopped training to build muscle. Um, but these two, yeah, these guys were probably the reasons I joined up at any time specifically. Um, I was petrified to step foot in a gym and that's no word of a fucking lie. That's the whole reason I did the weight loss outside, like on my own, you know, at home where I felt safe. I didn't want to be seen as, um, those people that get laughed at in the gym when they're overweight and trying to lose weight, which is like a pet hate of mine. People like laughing at others at the gym. So, so yeah, I didn't want to be like paid out. I didn't want to be seen in public exercising, even though I was working on myself. So I, with these two guys, I did a few sessions with them and kind of learned very, very minimal basics, you know, just kind of what I just followed, whatever they did. Um, however, my issue is that is I obviously expected to put on shit tons of muscle straight away and I had fucking no idea that that wasn't the case. Um, beyond that as well, I also was eating for weight loss still. So I joined the gym at 78 kilos or 77 kilos. So at that point was a 40 kilo loss already um, for me. So I, I, I don't even know if I mentioned this, like my weight loss journey, I started at 117 kilos anyway. Um, so yeah, I, that's when I joined the gym is after I lost 40 kilos and I started the weight training and I was doing still doing all the cardio stuff from home. And beyond all the cardio stuff from home, I was playing soccer as well. So soccer training twice a week. So, you know, I went from 77 or 78 kilos to about 70, 71 kilos in the space of a month. So that's when I, I really peaked and 70 kilos bone dry, soaking wet with a towel wrapped around me. However the fuck you want to put it. I was, yeah, I was pretty small um, other than my legs. <laughs> You'll probably hear me talk about my legs in any fitness journey, like, or any fitness kind of podcast that I make, because realistically, I've got some fucking monster calves, and I know so many people are going to hear that, being like, dude, shut up, that's all we hear about, but it's just facts, guys, it's just facts, um, <laughs> but that's how I kept so big legs, is from, like, all this running and cardio and stuff, anyway, but yeah, so, um, the last year of soccer came about. Now, I did mention that in the um, first part of the story in the uh, the podcast. Um, so the first part of the my story. Um, so that was the year where I'd, I'd wanted to really, really commit myself to playing a full year of soccer, which I hadn't done because I always dislocated knees, broken ankles, torn quads, you know, partially torn, hand, um, partially torn Achilles, like all of these different injuries that I had really, really held me back from playing soccer properly. And I was really, really good as a teenager. I, like a 16-year-old, um, when I was playing Federation, which is kind of like a semi-professional level, you know, I had potential to really, really go somewhere with it, but I just didn't lose weight. Obviously, I had all of these other mental health issues and stuff. But we'll go into the, this early on in this season. Um, we were playing away at Murray Bridge, and I essentially received the ball from a defensive player um, with my, obviously I was facing the defensive player. So my back was turned and one of their defenders ran with both his knees into my lower back and he uh, fell on top of me as well. So, and this dude was huge, like six foot something. And I'm literally like four foot three and soaking wet. <laughs> I'm not actually, I'm like five, seven, but 
Yeah, so he's like, he went full body weight into my lower back and I started getting um, really bad sciatic nerve issues. So some days I'd wake up and legs were numb and I couldn't walk and all of this kind of thing. And this was like a huge setback for me because I was like, no, like I want to fucking finish this soccer season and this is stupid and I highly recommend you do not do this. But doctors told me to just give up. And I said, fuck that. Give me, give me Panadine Fort and give me some painkillers, bro. And I'll just smash them in some energy drinks pre-game so I felt numb. And that's what I did. And I actually had a really, really good season. Probably the best season I've ever had. Um, and I, I, I did take it seriously, but I was still like in the weight loss mind as well. So in terms of, you know, it wasn't like 100% my priority, but it was also a, a priority as such. So yeah, so this season went on and I... I was meant to miss one game, but that game ended up being a forfeit, so I didn't miss the game um, as such. So I did play the full season. However, the last game of the year, th- last three minutes of the entire fucking season, mind you, um, you prick, what happened was I jumped up for a header and I copped a fat elbow to the temple from my own teammate because we were both jumping up for the header. So I'm not blaming him. And then the, the, the guys that we were versing, some t- filthy bastards, um, they tunneled me, so I actually like got knocked out on the way up, landed on my head on the way down. Um, fair dinkum, how are you? It fucked me up. Um, <laughs> so what what actually happened, I don't remember in terms of how long I was out. Now, my ex-girlfriend said I was out for three or four minutes. I've had people on field tell me I was out for like 30 seconds. Either way, I don't know and I can't tell you. What I do know is I got up because I was like, oh, two minutes left. Yeah, she'll be right. Um, I got the coach to let go of me when he was walking me off the field and fair income nearly went face first back into the dirt, um, but he caught me. Thanks, Brooko. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, like after that, like I was all good, yeah. So I went to um, the presentation that night, got on the absolute piss um, with the missus at the time and all the boys and everything felt sweet couple weeks later essentially what had happened was i got a migraine at work and on my way out collapsed um woke up with first aid blokes around me and all the rest of it i went to hospital the next day they said i needed to go to a neurologist or a brain surgeon geezer and um you know be told lords to like potentially have to have brain surgery and all of this and then he told me not to go out in the sun, told me no more alcohol, all of this kind of thing. And then, yeah, so that's kind of the injury, right? And I spent three or four months in and out of hospital getting blood tests, being checked up on. Every time I had a migraine, I'd collapse or power chuck and, you know, all of this beautiful stuff. So this really, really set me back from playing soccer. I was told to never play again because I can't header. And if I was to play, I wasn't allowed to header. And I'll tell you right now, I played two games last year, headed both times and nearly ended up on the deck. Um, <laughs> one time I did end up on the deck, but we won't talk about that. So yeah, so this is where, um, sorry, complete different rant on the head injury there. How are you? Um, so I went, <laughs> I went on and focused solely on the gym, um, after that. So this was 20, oh shit, I don't even know, 2016, maybe 2017. Um, and I, my pure focus was bodybuilding. So I was obviously still training and everything. And my ex's dad, um, he used to be like full on into bodybuilding. I don't know what he's doing with himself now, but. Um, he, he trained alongside me and kind of just said, all right, this is the exercise you want to do on chest day. These are the exercises you want to do when you train your shoulders. Um, this is the exercise you want to do when you do back. And these are your ab exercises. However, if you train legs, you're a fucking idiot (laughs) because my legs were huge. Um, that's pretty much what he said. 
So yeah, anyway, like the ex and I broke up. Um, so I went to the point where, you know, I was what they call is what they now call anyway, an old school bulk. So it's eat everything and anything as long as you've got your protein intake high enough. Um, so yeah, that's how I was bulking. And then um, I did that under his training for, gosh, I mean, I wasn't training with him every week. Honestly, I trained with him maybe twice, but I went from... Yeah, 80, I think I bulked up to about 87, potentially even 97. Bloody hell, who's messaging me? Um, Maybe even 97 kgs, to be fair. Um, Then I did a shred and stripped, my, stripped myself down, uh, all the way down to 71 kilos, um, and was a very skinny boy. Um, abs and the rest of it, not that that's really anything important, because I couldn't give a fuck about having abs anymore. So yeah, so however... When I became single, um, I knew I didn't have any guidance in the gym anymore, right? So I started to learn more about researching like bodybuilding and the way bodybuilders, particularly the old school guys like the Arnolds and, and all of these beautiful people um, were training, right? And obviously they're not natural, so they're considered enhanced athletes and it doesn't take a genius to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so that's... Obviously, like I was training like those guys, but uh, wasn't eating anywhere near enough. Still, I still put on a little bit of muscle. Like I won't lie, I did. Um, but was probably more in a depleted state most of the time than anything else. So yeah, and then I met this guy called um Danny. So he was someone that I went to his gym with Brooko, and Danny essentially said to me oh, you know, you don't overdo your training or whatever. And I'm having the ego like like I do, particularly when it comes to legs. I was like, fuck up, mate. I didn't actually say that, but I was more like, whatever, mate, do whatever. I'll, I'll come and train legs of you. You probably don't even train your legs that hard. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, was I wrong? Yeah, very. Um, so that was the very first time ever that I squatted. And I literally did one rep at 50 kilo squat and fair dinkum, didn't get up went up and trained calves with him afterwards. Literally that entire week, I had to use a desk chair as like a walking frame. I couldn't keep my feet flat on the floor. Um, my quads and hamstrings were fucking rooted for about seven days. And he basically said, you know, you don't want to train your legs like that, like every single session, obviously, because you're going to have to use them for support or whatever. Um, but he was like, don't challenge me because you will fucking die. And that's basically what happened. Um, but the, the takeaway that I had from training with him was, you know, you've got to train intent with intent. You've got to be intense. You've got to eat intently as well, particularly if you want to compete and you want to put on the muscle that you want to put on, you've got to do all of these things. So, um, from there is actually where I started counting my macronutrients. So at the time I was having maybe 140 G's of protein, which is about two kilos, uh, two grams of protein per kilo of body weight. I was having... Actually, I didn't, don't recall tracking my carbs at this point because I just wanted to, again, make sure I was getting enough protein, but I was also having enough carbs to feel, like fuel my body and fat I didn't track at the time other than what was in my protein or my meat. So yeah, um, that's, that's kind of where all this passion for the fitness journey came from and, and the weight loss and stuff. Now, obviously, I at the moment, I'm kind of shredding but I'm looking to compete this year or next year. So I'll obviously have plenty of other fitness things. And honestly, I'm going to go on huge gym rants on here because I fucking hate some people at the gym and I hate a lot of gym etiquette. 
people it, that don't use gym etiquette rather. So yeah, this won't be the, like the only gym thing that I talk about, particularly when it comes to my passion to do with bodybuilding specifically. But yeah, so that's kind of where everything started with my fitness journey, right? And um, I can give you a few takeaways, which I will in just a sec, but like, I'm so grateful for the people that I've met already through the fitness industry. So, so like a lot of my closest friends, holy shit. I mean, even Natalie and Jackson from the His Vs Hers podcast, I met them or Natalie specifically through uh, a gym. And there's been people like Barnsey that I trained with. Um, I met him through like another close friend called Nat, but he's bodybuilder. He like being probably the toughest guy I train with consistently. Um, well, not consistently anymore, but so so yeah, there's, I've met so many awesome people in the fitness industry and that's why I like literally do everything I can to support the people around me, particularly in SA. Um, I try and train with PTs, even though I've got all this knowledge and I do all of my own research and my own training and I know what works for my body, I still try and, you know, support others because in the end, um, I'm on this earth as far as I'm concerned to learn and that's my biggest fear is not learning and if I can go into a session and take away one positive and one thing to learn with someone, then that works for me. Um, and obviously like I like being able to go to professional, like personal trainers or even people that are beyond like cert three, cert four and who have human movement degrees and can or train like elite athletes and these kind of things. Like I like being able to go to them and say like, Hey man, like, yeah, you're training, but you know, you're training your clients to get better functionally, but their goal is actually to build muscle and, you know, have a bodybuilder aesthetic look as such. So have you tried putting them through this or have you tried telling them this? You know, like it's coming from you, they're giving you the money, but, you know, take that. So, and I've been in a lot of situations like that. Like I've got a guy that I'm friends with that I haven't spoken or trained with recently, but he's someone that's qualified to train elite athletes and he trained arms with me once upon a time and didn't even get through half the session. Um, And he's a... Jesus, he is like such a um, good bloke and he's probably motivated me a lot to really fight to step on stage um, along with someone else who I'll talk about in the 2019 story who, who's no longer with us. Um, but yeah, so anyway, the, the, the main takeaways that I want to talk about with my fitness journey is number one is I, I would never, ever, ever have done this if I had a personal trainer doing this. Now, don't get me wrong, there is some amazing people out there, some amazing personal trainers. Tess Fitpana, if you're listening to this, um, y'all killing it. <laughs> She's also a good friend of mine, but there is, like, don't get me wrong, if you need a personal trainer or whatever, um, go ham. There is some awesome ones out there. Um, but I'm the kind of person that I do not trust people um, instantly and with, with my life, right? So I basically looked at this and looked at myself overweight and was like, I put myself in this position realistically, particularly in the last, like my teens, I put myself in the obese position. It was my fucking duty to get myself out. It was my responsibility to learn all of these things um, about my training, about the nutrition, about cardio, about your weight training, about how to split your training up, um, how to, how to and how not to train all of these things. It was my responsibility to learn that so I can get the fucking results for myself right? And me doing this for myself has put me in a position where I can help a lot of people, even those that are qualified, as I've just mentioned. So that's the main takeaway for me. You know, like I had to do this for myself. That's what I learned. Um, I've just got, why does my mind just blank like right now for fuck? Um, so yeah, I had to do it for myself. 
Um, number two, you know, it. I was miserable, right? And I'm not gonna lie when I say that I was miserable, and I had to make the change. Like as I've obviously just said, I it was my I put myself in the overweight position. Um, it was my responsibility to get myself out of that, but you know, I take that res- uh, response or aspect into everywhere in my life. Like if I'm not happy, I'm going to fucking change it, and I don't care. Um, in sense like, oh, I'm just going to wait to the new year or like, oh, I'll wait till Monday. Like if I'm not happy, I change it as soon as I can and put the things in place. That's just who I am. That's who I've always been. Um, and yeah, like I'm also very, very big on if, you know, if you want something bad enough, and this is another takeaway, if you want something bad enough, you will stop at nothing to do that. Um, you know, if you want to look a certain way, you can't just sit there and be like, oh, I'm, I'm sick of being fat. It was like, no, if you know you're overweight or whatever, do something about it. Um, but obviously, if you're happy, then you're happy. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to listen back to this podcast, man, because I feel like I've just gone on like a complete different rant. Regardless, like this is my fitness, my fitness journey and fitness story and um, kind of what inspired me to do the weight loss. I'm about to be late for work, so I've got to go in like the next 35 seconds. So... Thank you for listening to part two of my story. Again, like I said, this is my fitness journey. Um, If you listen to it, take a screenshot of the image, send it through on Instagram, tag me, I'll share it. Um, If you want to have a chat, you want some advice for your training or anything, go ahead, fucking flick me that message. I'm always here to help. Always happy to just have a chat in general as well. Um, I've already had a good amount of responses and good feedback as well. I, I I love having feedback, constructive, like good stuff and bad stuff. Just hit me with it and I'm going to take everything on board. I'm here to learn. I'm here to enjoy myself. And I hope you're kind of enjoying this one too. Hope this one is a little bit more interesting and a little bit like um, more out there about uh, what I've spoken about. And yeah, so um, I'm going to stop recording right now. So again, thank you so much for listening to episode three or part two of the My Story of the Doral Podcast. Holy shit. Uh, My name's Sam and I'll see you in the next one. And have